You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Monster Defense and Michael Panda. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Monster Deface, and joining me today for the holiday episode is our co-host, Life with Panda. What's up, Life? Hey, not much, man. What's going on with you? How's the holiday shopping been? Yeah, listen, holiday shopping, I got it easy, man. Got the kids. They flew out, right? And by kids, I mean my little sister, my stepdaughter, Araya. She's uh, uh, she's in California with her family. So we have the home to ourselves. I already have family coming hey. in and out for Thanksgiving. So it feels good, man. Feels good to actually have some freedom. Hey, there you go. It's kind of nice when you get a little break to yourselves, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we're taking full advantage of this time. Also, talk about breaks. We're not doing no production anymore, casting. All that stuff is you know, pretty much squared away uh, to close out the year. So I've finally been able to stream again and just kind of enjoy my time. So big shouts to everyone coming through. I feel like we're a little, just just a smidge late on this episode, guys. Hope you guys aren't, <laughs> you know, too upset. I know we've had some great competition, great, I guess, uh, I was going to say great topics, but like more like drama since the last one that we, uh, you know, recorded. And we're going to be talking about that today, huh, Panda? Yeah, you're not wrong, man. Everything from planes returning to Fortnite, all the pro stuff going on. It's going to be interesting. We got some great topics today for sure. Absolutely. And before we get there, ladies and gentlemen, let's just give a big shout out to the listeners at home. All of you guys that either leave us reviews or tune into our live streams and all that kind of good stuff, interacting with us here at the Fortnite podcast community. We thank you all. Thanks for listening in, y'all. Hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday season. If you're going on break, Freaking awesome. And if you're not, hustle through it, my man. Don't worry. Um, you know, we'll still be here. We'll still be pumping out content for y'all. But let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's start dropping on some uh some of these topics here. I want to kick it off with probably the hottest topic, probably what will be the title of this entire episode here today, because this is a big deal. Pro player. Kez, previous FNCS champion of squads from last year, was banned. He was exposed. He was basically shunned straight out of the community for using third-party cheating software. Um, Panda, do you want to just take a hot take on this? How do we want to talk about this right here? Because this is a big deal. Well, I, I got to start by talking about the teammates, right? I feel for them. I think it's, was it Nanolite and Sizlucky? Yeah. Both of them obviously competing with Kez in recent events. And now, unfortunately, due to this, this soft aim situation and him getting banned, all of their tournaments that they competed together in are null and void. They don't get Ooh. the earnings. They don't like. So basically, Kez ended up screwing them out of everything they worked wow. so hard for over the last couple of months when they were playing together. So it that is massive in itself. I was going to say, it's a big deal, right? We're talking about players that are, bro, they're hot right now. Nanolite's been crushing it lately, really mm -hmm. doing his thing. Um, And Kez in particular, right? Like, he's a player who's hit the highest pillars within Fortnite. I mean, it really puts, I guess, all of his ex-teammates on the line as well, right? Their reputation. Avery, right? Um, um Ronaldo, right? Unknown Army. Like, remember, they had a whole team, right? It really puts all of his other tournament earnings tournament positions whatever you want to call it into question at this point um and he was caught cheating mid tournament like the ban hammer was struck there was no way to avoid it <laughs> did you see what he did following his ban like right afterwards no i didn't see what he did what did he do 
he he disappeared. He act like he never existed. This man immediately no. goes, I kid you not. He goes, he starts deactivating everything. He deactivates all of his social medias. He tries to vanish as if he never was there, as if it never happened. And I don't think we've what? heard him acknowledge anything ever since either. Um, I feel like, and this is what I really want to talk to you about, should people like Epic at this point now intervene into the situation and seek legal action against people that are cheating because what they're doing is they're stealing money. Epic is not out yeah. here giving away chump change like some of these smaller esports. They're giving about like giving about big dollars. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, right? So when you talk about something or a situation like this, as soon as money's involved, that's when you need to start talking about the legal ramifications of someone's actions. And honestly, Kez, not only uh, screwing over his teammates, uh, but also and also putting them in a bad light, uh, but just going out of his way to try and win these tournaments using hacks, yeah, he's going to open himself up to some issues. If it happens, and we may never know about it, but it, it no matter what, like this is not a smart play. You're risking your brand, the players around you's brand, plus you're you're throwing away money that you earned or that you could have potentially earned even if you didn't use that. Because it's not like he wasn't a, a good player, right? He was right. still a very talented player. He could have very well potentially uh, got those earnings Without this soft aim hack, but you know, some people feel like they're they they start to drop off. They feel the pressure, and then they result in it results in something like this: somebody looking for soft aim uh, to kind of make up for the lack of skill that he has. Which and here's here's the crazy part, right? Because apparently he was using the cheats for a while, right? Um, outside mm. of the competitive world, like within the creative. I guess system and whatnot. Uh, apparently, like a month or two, like that he was hitting these crazy Twitter clips, right, and just doing crazy stuff in customs. So I'm thinking that there is uh, some kind of some kind of disconnect between whatever anti cheat that goes on when uh, you know the tournament days are happening versus what's happening within the arena slash and or like creative world, right? And the reason I yeah. say that is because. Like I just mentioned, he got banned immediately. People get banned all the time when they queue into the tournaments with these things, but I feel like they can get away with them somehow, some way. Um, they use them outside of it, and they think it's all safe and sound. Something I, I want to continue to, or you know, kind of open up the the box here a little bit. I I believe that it's the Fortnite's community's fault a bit to blame here, right? For people that genuinely believe that Epic's anti-cheat is so bad that they can get away with cheating because you see it from the top pros all the time. You see them literally say or take the uh, take the blame when they say, oh, you know, us here on Twitter got this person banned. It's because we tweeted out about him. That's why he's banned inside the tournament, you know, because we mm -hmm. saw him streaming and we made a big deal about it. But it kind of makes that look like that isn't true, right? Yeah, and, and another thing is, like, I remember a couple months back, when there was a big issue with uh, with hacking in the game, Ronaldo brought the person that was hacking onto his stream. That's a problem. And not only giving him a platform to talk about it, but I'm pretty sure they even mentioned the website. Like, yeah. that's just stuff you don't do because guess what? All the the little Timmies that are like, man, my aim isn't, isn't doing good, but I'm watching Ronaldo right now and they exposed the way for my aim to be better. Uh, they might take advantage of that. And they Especially. believe, and they believe the pros, right? When the pros talk mm -hmm. about, oh, you know, no one's getting caught for these. These are undetectable. Not true. No, not at all. 
And now you're you're risking not only your brand, but you're risking all the money you put into your Fortnite account because a lot of these Fortnite yeah. accounts have cost these people thousands of dollars. I know, like I did an inventory of mine recently. I have over, I have over 500 skins. I have almost every skin in the game, including exclusives. Right? Like I wow. literally bought a Nintendo Switch for this Wildcat skin, also because I wanted the Switch for stream. But that's separate. <laughs> right, but right. I really wanted the skin, so like. I've spent so much money when it comes to Fortnite skins. Imagine losing that at the drop of a dime because I decided to make a bad a bad decision and use some kind of third party software to enhance my gameplay. So it it's tough. It's it's really tough to see. But there it goes. You see Kez now disappearing as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, and, and no it bubbles option. up and it bubbles up the community again. It gets everyone talking about these cheats again, right? It puts a bad light on just our entire scene, right? Cheating in esports, cheating in competitive gaming. It's the worst. It's it's the most egregious thing you can do, right? It's literally yeah. uh it's the equivalent of murder in real life, guys. I guess within the gaming mm -hmm. scope cuz cheating is about as as bad as it can get. Um so with all that aside, yeah, pro player Kez ex Fortnite champion ban for cheats. This is I feel like one of the first major profiles um, as far as like high stakes pro player uh, uh, iteration of someone getting banned, probably not the last. Hopefully, just yeah. a major lesson for the majority of the community that hey, listen, anti cheats working, and if you get caught, I mean, you're gone. But so is your reputation. Your life is just you know you're you're gonna have to pull a kez in this instance. You're gonna have to disappear. <laughs> Otherwise, no one's gonna let you go for it. No one's gonna let you go for it. Look what happened with. Uh, those other guys that just team inside of the Fortnite world and they get banned, right? Uh, like yeah. they're in the World Cup and Ziffer Ronaldo instance. They were, they're hounded for life. No matter what title yeah. they go to, you know what I mean? Yeah, you might you might gain some notoriety, but it's not the kind of you know fame you want. Not by any means. These guys are going to no. <laughs> literally harass you to your end of your days. Um, and just talking about Fortnite, talking about tournaments and all that good stuff. Man, Frosty Frenzy just ended. Easy earnings? Thoughts? Okay, so obviously Frosty Frenzy was the tournament where Kez got caught too. And to just a side note, to use soft aim in one of the easiest tournament formats <laughs> that I've seen is right, why? right. Why are you doing that? But regardless, right? Frosty Frenzy is actually really cool. I like it as like quick uh, a quick weekend tournament, and and really like like you kind of mentioned, it is kind of easy earnings uh, for for these different regions. Like I think it was top two hundred and fifty. Got earnings in NA East, like that's right. massive. You really do have a shot to take home some money from these. So I think it's cool that they did something small, like smaller, like this. But obviously, it's still big because it costs them quite a bit of money to throw a, a weekend tournament that provides as as much earnings as they got. Uh, but it is really interesting. I hope they do this more. To be honest, I hope I, this is I not love, just a one and done. I love how you called it a uh, hey a quick tournament and then you have like Benji Fishy's tweet like I hate twelve hour days of <laughs> like <laughs> why do I have to play all day for kids like competitor spirit you know they don't look at it as like oh I could play in the morning or I could play in the they look at it as like exactly. hey I gotta play all day all three sessions how many regions that I can fit in um so you know just kind of a, a fun laugh on that but yeah man um Fr frosty frenzy just to give you guys a little bit of a I guess to catch up, Frosty Frenzy this year was the equivalent of last year's Winter Royale. Not 
bar for bar, not eye to eye. Remember, I feel like a couple episodes, if you guys listen back to the previous episodes, remember we talked about this whole sustaining the Fortnite competitive ecosystem. Um, Epic has really been trying their best, I guess, to come to a more sustainable model, even when it comes down to the pricing, even for these big events like the Frosty Frenzy, because it's similar to the Winter Royale in the sense that Winter Royale, we had multiple game modes, you know, long days of competition over the course of the weekend. Frosty was the same thing. So it was opportunities to, again, win win earnings. They went deep down, like top 250, top 400 in some regions. And, you know, it was uh, malleable depending on how large the region is. But that all happened. And, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, Epic's trying to find their way to a more sustainable model. Uh, the community wasn't so receptive to this idea. Yeah, I think... Like you said, it's competitive. The competitive nature of some of these players, they're like, guess what? If I have potential earnings on the table, I'm going to have to compete in each one. And for for the casual person trying to get maybe their first earnings, I think Frosty Frenzy is perfect, right? There's several different uh, times that you can play in. Each one of them individually has their own earnings set up. But I get it from the pro side too. Like they feel like they have to play each one of them. But guess what? At, at the end of the day, sometimes you have to take a break, whether it's for your mental, physical health. Like for me personally, I took this entire week off. I'm not streaming. I'm not really on social media. Uh, obviously, I'm doing the podcast with my boy, but it, it, everything else I've kind of separated myself from because you really need a break sometimes. And same thing applies to these pros. If you feel like you're getting burnt out, do half the sessions. Don't do a session. Maybe skip a tournament. I get that sometimes you're leaving money on the table, but... Ultimately, your health is way more important than the little bit of money you could potentially leave on the table. Uh, and I, I didn't even have this on the notes here, but that reminds me, DreamHack actually is changing their format. We talk about um, more time to yourself. DreamHack's making it the opposite for EU. EU actually had a format change. Whereas before, really? yeah, whereas before you, uh, you would only have two opportunities to call through one of the two heats for DreamHack EU. Now EU has actually three heats there somehow came to this conclusion that hey there's way too many players here top 500 isn't enough we're gonna widen the funnel even larger now top 750 move on which in my opinion is i don't know like it's cool sort of but at the same time it's kind of bad for competitive and and i'll explain why um it's a bit a, a bit of a step backwards when you create these large funnels if you don't create another funnel in between it you're giving more opportunities for lighter skill lobbies, I guess, to come together, yeah. which means that that's ultimately going to affect who can qualify into the grand finals. So unfortunately, as I see why they want to be a little bit more um, inclusive to allow people to you know, funnel their way in, it's also going to work against them a bit here because there isn't another stage wall in between. They're just making the funnel larger. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Again, these are my initial thoughts. We'll see how it ends up playing out. And then yeah. what they changed for all the regions here, Panda, they actually made every region grand finals eight games instead of six. Now, really? this is um, this is good. This is bad. And we're going to talk about this here now. And I'm going to be a little selfish on this one. As a talent, boy, oh boy, casting eight games, that's a lot of games. Like, But as a consumer on the other end, it's going to be great for the people at home watching, right? Like, you get more content. You, we really get to boil you down to a, a better tournament in the sense that, let's be honest, 
more games you have, the more simulations you have to get to the, the best players, right, on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I, I get it from like a player a player standpoint and and a talent standpoint when it's like, hey, I gotta I gotta compete through eight games, and they're eight very intense games with you all talking over the gameplay, really like casting over the gameplay. I mean, that, that takes that a extends lot out it, of you. That extends the, the just that like the show portion, um, anywhere from like again an hour to an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and additionally added to like what was already a three and a half to four hour block segment. You know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, and I'd be interested to know what what's the benefit there. Like, if you look at look at it from like a cost analysis standpoint, what would be the benefit of extending a tournament a little bit longer? Do you think the numbers would increase overall? Like, you think it, it would provide more exposure for DreamHack? It, those are the things that I'm thinking about when a decision like this comes up, because otherwise, it doesn't really make total sense to just extend the games uh, and add this additional funnel, like you mentioned before. Uh, without really kind of having Being a, a real value behind it. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I agree. I'm not sure what, you know, made for the, the I guess, the big call. This is a big deal. Like, going yeah. from six to eight games is a huge deal, guys. You're, you're really digging into people's time here. We're extending, um, you know, the, the strenuous circumstance of competition here. Uh, and it's across all regions. It's not just the EU region. So every region is going to have to uh, compete for longer. The, the other side of this as well um, DreamHack actually decided that they're no longer broadcasting, I believe, the open stages of the tournament either. So this is another big change coming into 2021. This one hurts a little bit as a talent on, on that side because, you know, we look at it as an ecosystem. One less yeah. day being streamed means one less opportunity for people to make a, an appearance, right? You know, earn your earn your share of the of the yeah, apple pie sure. in this instance. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, it's one less day. There's more competition going on you know, crammed within these tight days. So Epic is really shaking up how DreamHack is, you know, being perceived from the outside, I guess, um, in, in the sense that there's less show days, but there's still so much more happening. And I guess the blocks are going to be much bigger. So I think they're looking at it as, hey, we're already carving these days out for these guys. Might as well make, like, all-day spectacles, which to yeah. me makes a little bit of sense, right? No need to... Because otherwise, like, Think about it. The, you know, no one's going to be able to fit a tournament in those other, you know, odd couple hour slots, right? Might as well no. make the uh, the tournament organizer at that instance eat up the whole day, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I get it from some some points of view, but I just don't see the true value in it, personally. But hey, you know what? We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes with yeah. the games and stuff and, and make an opinion from there. Yep. All right. Well, there's that. We talk about see how things are going to go, what's going to come and go. You you toss it up at the start of the show. Our planes returning to Fortnite. What makes you think that we're probably going to have planes back in the game? Well, Monster, they're already back in the game. In oh, pubs. gosh. But here's wait, the thing. Wait, wait. Planes mm -hmm. in the game. Planes are in the public matches of Where? Fortnite as of right now. Oh, gosh. You, you have to <laughs> gas them up. And if you jump out... Uh, there's redeploy, but wow! Like, so some nice little changes to them, but obviously keep them in pubs. Uh, wait, wait. So where <laughs> do you get, where do you get a plane in pubs? Like I was, well, I played the. I guess I've been playing nothing but arena, so doesn't really way. count. <laughs> um, do you know where to find a plane in public game modes? I don't. Honestly, I don't oh, play public snap. game modes. I've only seen like streamers and content creators play around with the planes Interesting. but uh, they are back man and they're not back in like full form it's not like you can find a plane at every corner 
Um, but there are definitely uh, some opportunities and some spots that you can pick some up. Man, that's sick. All right. I'm all, listen, I'm all for planes. Remember, like, back in the day, those highlights? Those are some of the best instances. Um, and, yeah, you know, obviously, I'm assuming the outposts are back, and, you know, they can spawn up yeah. to, you know, one to three or so there because that's just kind of how they were before. So we'll see how they start to spring up, how they start to affect the game. But what I really want to talk about is um, the dynamic, the dynamic of planes, even within competitive Fortnite and whatnot. There was a time when planes were everywhere in the game, and the pros used them as, I guess, free opportunity to, uh, you know, I wouldn't say team, but yeah, uh, conveniently decide <laughs> not to shoot at one another because it wasn't in any of their best interests. What are uh, your thoughts on how that plays into Fortnite as a spectacle, as a competitive game, and, you know, something that you can't really police? I'll never forget, man, the the mongrel clip of him in a plane with a bunch of other planes around him. And he's like, this is Fortnite competitive. We're flying around shooting in Morse code, not to shoot at each other. Like oh, I'll never gosh. forget that clip, man, but it's true. I mean, it's like, uh, at, for competitive, it's, it, it's one of those things that it's similar to the baller. It provides a way to transport yourself safely and nobody really targets them. I, which I never understood why, right? It's, Planes are not invincible. You shoot them, they come down, and it's done. I mean, but the problem was here's you the thing. shoot them. Hmm? I was gonna say we're in a different phase of Fortnite, right? Back then, you wouldn't shoot it, but look at vehicles now. Vehicles now, you're not safe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if it, it works similar similarly to the way the cars work, uh, because guess what? That's why we don't see we see some car movement and stuff in competitive events, but it's not like ballers were, where everybody was fighting for the baller, right? everybody's just casually if they come across a car maybe they use it some people playing around the car uh but in competitive it's just not the same so i guess you're right maybe it's a different mindset for the players currently to where maybe if you threw planes back in people would actually start targeting them instead of just letting them fly around i feel like it's a it's a different world now too right because we because we have gasoline for the planes it's not what it used to be for sure guys you won't be able to fly around in uh infinitely Obviously, now we have redeploy. That's kind of cool. So if you if you hop out, you do get a nice little redeploy and whatnot. Um, yeah. I think plane dynamic is going to shake up the game. I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to make for some great highlights. Think about comp. Um, now that you can't stay in the air forever, you might as well use it to go from point A to point B. And usually that means taking yourself from one spot to another battle that's breaking out and ramming your way into those yeah. fights. So we'll see how that all ends up playing out. And talking about how things are playing out right now, Fortnite introduces performance mode. If you guys haven't launched your Fortnite game lately, maybe you just didn't realize that there was another way to play Fortnite. There's something called performance mode. Panda, if you know how, give a verbal instruction of how to get to performance mode and what Absolutely. it does for the people. I got you. So what you're going to do is if you want to turn on the performance mode, I really recommend it for people that have lower end PCs. If you have a higher end PC and you're already getting frames as is, don't use this function. Um, so to do so, you, all you have to do is go to your settings and on that first page, scroll all the way down to where you see DirectX 11 or 12. There's now a third option there called performance mode. So all you have to do is flip that on, restart your game and you're good to go. But with performance mode on, it makes your game look less than appealing. I'm just letting you know now <laughs> performance is great. I mean, the performance boost is insane. However, comma, your game will not look pleasant. 
Yeah, and I guess for clarity's sake, I'm pretty sure this is only a PC, right? Like this is only a mm -hmm. PC setting here. Um, yes. what it does, guys, it'll it'll basically make your game like to me. It just looks like a mobile experience. Like the builds look exactly. janky. Like you can see the white outlining through the floor. It really does become a different experience. Um, try it out. Try it out. Let me know what you guys think. I kind of like it. There's a lot of perks to it. There's some there's some bugs with it though. It is very much an alpha setting right now, and I believe it says it there too. It's like performance yeah. alpha, so it'll let you know, hey, this is by no means a build that is completely ready, but it's here. You know, try it out. This might help some people. So, um, it, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting, and you do get some frames, like you mentioned. If you have a bad PC, that's the thing about Fortnite that I love is that they are trying to make it so that. It's accessible to just about everyone, kind of how like League of Legends is or like the old Counter-Strike, right? Like they make their games so hardware accessible, you can't mm -hmm. help but, you know, have it, right? If you play video games around the world and yeah. it's free. So they're, they're again, moving one step closer to trying to make it um, so that every single PC in the world has a Fortnite game on it. Um, yeah, and a little side note, since we talked about mobile, um, no real updates to mobile. However... Fortnite is still all about the free Fortnite movement. Did you yeah. see what they just sent out in care packages? Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw my boy Ducky. I mean, he tweeted out a sad photo, obviously, because it's still free Fortnite. But yeah, uh, yeah shout, out, shout out to Epic Games, man, and their battle against Apple. Still ongoing. Obviously, in the previous episode, we did touch about NVIDIA's new... Uh, I forgot what it's called exactly, but uh, GeForce Now experience. There it is, the GeForce Now experience. They're partnering up there. They're trying to figure out creative workarounds here to get the game back on the platform and you know back in everyone's hands. Which I, I do hope they find a solution, right? Because yeah, man, we I don't think any of us thought this this would be going on for as long as it has been, right? When there was so much buzz around it, it kind of felt like hey, maybe they come to a quick agreement, agreement. within the, yeah. right within the month, two months. But we're approaching several months now. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But I got to say, man, the free Fortnite swag, I love it. So, yeah. you know, anybody out there got an extra jacket, Panda's over here. <laughs> hey, hit up hit up the boy Panda, man. Hit up the boy Panda. Uh, he'll wear it gladly um, on Twitch. Someone who oh, can't wear something on Twitch, though, is Kanata. Nope. Because <laughs> Kanata has been... So before, you know, we were curious. Kanata, where you been, man? You know, he's banned. Is it permanent? Is it temporary? I think I think the question's been answered. Seems like yeah. he has been permanently and definitely banned from the platform for, uh, I don't even know why. We just chalked it up to smack talk. It must have been very, very borderline, um, you know, edgy yeah. content, right? The kind of content Twitch wants to... Uh, action against exercise mm -hmm. against and we're going to talk about twitch's recent decisions and them being kind of soft on the internet but um you know long story short kanada gets banned off the platform he's making new moves now yeah and it uh, looks like the first week of uh the new year he's going to be on youtube so and it's kind of perfect timing too because if you don't know for those at home youtube just opened up uh memberships similar to twitch subs for all users that are eligible for monetization. So this is the perfect time for Kanata to switch over and be able to monetize what he's doing from a streaming per, uh, perspective. But still, it, it raises the question, right? Kanata's going to go over to YouTube. Do you think YouTube will hold him to the same standard if he continues to act a certain way? Because remember, he's not on TSM anymore. When we first talked about this topic, we talked about how the org wasn't necessarily holding him accountable or really even talking about his actions. Right. 
But now, will he continue his actions on a different platform? And will that pla platform stand up like Twitch did? That's actually a crazy point. I forgot. Like, I didn't even realize he was... I don't, I, I don't want to say dropped from TSM, but <laughs> he wasn't re-signed to TSM by any means. Yeah. He's definitely a free agent. Crazy to think that with his 300,000 followers on Twitter, he managed to basically stay relevant. Like, he is very much... Um, relevant within the Fortnite community as someone who's talked about and he's in the competitive scene and he he's putting in his work, man, to stay at the top of the uh, top of the conversation point. So that's yeah. not something everyone can do, and you know it may not be for the right reasons he's in the talk, but you know, shout out to him, man. You know, drama drama fuels uh, interest, right? And in this circumstance, has managed to keep him around. It's managed to keep him from falling off the face of the earth. Uh, now he's returning to YouTube. <laughs> so I think we'll hear more about Kanata in the coming months, whether it's uh, good or bad in this instance, because he's going to be back in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. We'll see what happens there. But honestly, speaking of pro players that make bad decisions, Monster, we just talked about this topic, and it's come up again. These Fortnite skin sellers getting promoted by pros. Like, what's going on? Even Epic came out and put out a statement about it. Yeah, it's still happening. Yeah, and, you know, if you listen to this stream, it's not just pros. It's not just, you know, famous people within our community. If you have a support a creator code, which a lot of us do, especially since they mm -hmm. just reopened support a creator code, by the way, if you didn't know, go sign up. Maybe you meet the requirements. It really doesn't take much. But yeah. that aside, it's against TOS, guys. Supporting websites, third-party programs, uh, companies, whatever you want to look at them as. If they are telling you, hey, we're selling XYZ skin for cheap or we're selling, you know, it even gets borderline. Like, we're selling um, redistribution of Xbox codes or Google cards and, you know, those kind of sites. They exist everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of company makes uh, their codes and all that stuff legit but there's so many that are not legit out there stolen yeah. cards stolen right this and that um or bootleg versions and because of how much of a quote-unquote black market there is behind this games and tos like or ips like epic they don't stand for that stuff they don't support those websites they actually try to action as many of those down as they can i'm pretty sure their legal yeah. team is uh you know constantly working on that so if you're fortnite pro don't take the shortcut route. Don't do it. We've seen, there was a time where, man, a bunch of channels got burnt because they were supporting this one certain skin seller or whatever. And dude, like multiple big channels lost their codes permanently and definitely and or just got uh, banned from the game. So you don't want to yeah. be that guy. No, not at all. I mean, you look at even like Tifu back in the day getting his original account because he was selling, trading and doing sketchy stuff with skins. Remember like, that. Just it just avoid it. It's not it's not worth losing your brand and everything else over what a wildcat skin. So. Yeah, like one little shortcut, right? To try and get a some cosmetic. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it can really become a, a a nightmare pretty quickly, yeah, exactly. and you don't want to be caught in any of that legal crossfire. So you know, again, just just do your homework, guys. Do your due diligence. I know there's creative ways to work around it. Honestly, I'm not even going to call any names out there, but from what I've seen in the recent times. It's uh, it's creative language, that's for sure, right? You know how you say what it is that you're promoting. Um, it's creative, but at the end of the day, you kind of know what you're doing, and you know you're trying to work around the the legal side of it. So don't get yourself caught in a crossfire. Um, Absolutely. Talk about people caught in a crossfire, man. Twitch, 
what's up, man? How dare you do something <laughs> like ban the words simp, incel, in uh, this last in one? You know, we, 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 I know what it was. I was going to say, you know, we try to run a, for, a friendly podcast. I'll take, I'll take the hit. <laughs> Anyways, the words virgin. Who cares? The, the internet can be very soft. Um, Twitch decided to ban these words off their platform from... I see what they were saying, like in a derogatory way, but my gosh, why? Why? Like, is it that? Is that such a top priority? It, honestly, it shouldn't be. It should be some of the other stuff happening, like their lack of transparency, things like that. You know, it's funny, right? After all this was happening and I saw how they were trending, I actually put a public statement onto Twitch. I was like, look, recently you guys have been facing an image problem. Like, hire me to come in i've literally <laughs> built businesses and brands and and helped bring them out of dark waters to make something good they have an image problem that is so it's just insane to me because it's so simply fixed if they're just more transparent when they find out there's an issue like the dmca stuff if they're vocal about it immediately and and find and like just communicate that they're trying to find ways to help creators fix things like that's a million times better than what they were doing, right? Because if you think back to the DMCA stuff, they basically gave all creators a three-day notice to delete every bit of content that they had that had music in it. I agree. So, and then and then just recently they released the tools to uh, mass do that or mass archive, which I would have loved to have that. But you know, I was caught in that early wave of do I want to wait to get action against or do I just remove seven years of content? So yeah, we lost a lot of content. Sucks to suck. Uh, but yeah, Twitch has definitely been under, I don't know, man, they've had a rough 2020, dude. Um, not, not to wrong. mention, even with the way that they handled this quote unquote version of remote TwitchCon that they did, where it was super, I guess, exclusive to an elite tier of um, influencers and content creators. And even that got a lot of, just a lot of feedback, a lot of negative um, just spotlight thrown on them. They're, they're, constantly under fire now for everything that they do they just can't seem to do something right just in recent well, times just and i mean that's what that's the general public consensus and i think that's why people have responded to them banning these certain words right in the way that they did because if if this was like twitch's first like hiccup in doing something in the way they communicated i think the twitch community would have laughed about it but it wouldn't have been as big of a deal as it is right but because like the community genuinely feels let down by Twitch. As soon as they hear about the banning of simp and these other words, right? It's like, holy, what else can they do in 2020 to make <laughs> themselves look bad? Like that's genuinely the the perception of this community. And I agree. It's like, okay, why did we need this? And if you are going to do this, why not give more context to it? Which they later did after they got trending and a ton of backlash on it. But it's still, it's like, you, when you communicate something new, especially like in the format that they did, right? Because they did it in a town hall, live on Twitch. Right. And they talked about it and they didn't really give much context. Um, they put it out there and you put it out there in that format. Like, guess what? People are going to have questions. So yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to do it live, you better either A, be able to explain everything when you're explaining it or B, be ready to answer some questions because the community has some questions. Right, and come with all the arsenal. Explain everything. What does it mean? How can you use it? Why we're deciding to pick this battle here? I just find it like, listen, this is comedy, man. You're taking a word simp. Like this is, this is like a, 
I don't even know. Like it's a new age. It's a hip little slang. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they've, uh, yeah, they've, they've taken it that far. So kind of crazy. It's, it's a, it's a pretty big issue. Everyone's uh, on fire about it. Twitch, get it together. We don't like to see the most popular platform in the world being, you know, scrutinized, right? Just, yeah. just straight up, like by, by everyone all the time. Kind of like with Fortnite. Fortnite's been in the same situation before too, where, I don't know what it is, but sometimes I think it's just hard for them to say, hey, slow your roll. This is what we're trying to do. Give us a moment here to figure this out. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. It's okay with asking for time, but I feel like they just don't. Uh, that goes for Epic. It goes for Twitch. I think it goes for so many different major companies. Yeah, for sure. And I think Fortnite is doing that more now. They're definitely communicating way better. They've been doing a good uh, job lately. So uh, props to them, but like there were times, especially right when chapter two started, where not only did we not get patch notes anymore, but we didn't get any kind of communication. So Oof. everything just felt like it, it changed. So it, it, I get it. Like it, it's going to be tough, but guess what? Fortnite is a perfect example of a company that kind of came back from those times stronger than ever, even though people are struggling with certain aspects of this new season, they're still enjoying it because guess what? There's communication. There's great competitive stuff coming. Like there's still a lot to look forward to instead of not only are they not enjoying maybe certain aspects of the season, but guess what? There's no communication. There's no competitive events. There's no this, no that. So uh, Fortnite is a perfect example of what Twitch could do to kind of come back from all of this backlash, but we'll see what they do in 2021. Man, talk about entities mad at one another or communities turning against each other this is a perfect segment to fortnite versus valorant and not the you know not the ips not the game devs or anything but the communities we had uh we had some interesting developments over the last week or so i don't know who started this but you know twitter there's a lot of internet warriors out there someone somewhere started a fight with uh, what title takes more aim. And before we jump into perspectives here, I want you at home. Hey, listener, hey, Fortnite fam, think about it. What game do you think takes more aim? Do you think Fortnite even takes aim? Do you, you know what I mean? Do you see Fortnite as an aim game? Because uh, the top of the tier Fortnite pros do. They think so. And um, Valorant CSGO players, they don't think that Fortnite requires aim. So I had this conversation with somebody actually where we talked about the differences in aim. And we talk about, when you talk about a CSGO or a Valorant, you're primarily holding angles, and that's how you're you're hitting shots, right? So it does obviously take uh, a semblance of aim. And while it does, like, people initially feel like that, oh, man, I have to have good aim to play these games, it really isn't necessarily great aim. It's great placement and great angles. Because if you have the angles, you I, have I always look at it as, like, great reaction, like, I feel like yeah. CSGO, Val like, that's a reaction game, right? Because you, you're waiting there. When someone pops that corner, like, bam, you react, right? It's, it's about how quickly you can actually reflect in a lot of those instances. Um, I think people just forget, like, Fortnite editing and all that kind of stuff. Dude, that's straight up aiming. Like, you need to have ridiculous crosshair placement to, and, and speed, right? The speed at which yeah. the actions per, per minute take to just even right execute and uh, edit instantly and do all the crazy stuff you young kids do um you know what i mean but like the pros man at the highest levels i genuinely feel like fortnite does require a ton of aim and to me it blows my mind that 
these other titles or communities don't see it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, right? When you stand by a certain title, there's some kind of like pride in you supporting that title. Don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that. But like, you're not jumping around, editing, building, doing all this other stuff, and then trying to hit shots at the same time in these other games. No, you're you're holding an angle, you're appearing, and then you're reacting quickly to the person in front of you. If you already know how to play the game, then, you're, then your crosshair placement is already in the place that it needs to be. You just need to appear in front of them and shoot. Like, it really isn't much more than that, in my opinion. Well, here's, here's one of the things that I think is really cool that people forget um, that even has been occurring. Valorant was released. So many pros from Fortnite transitioned to Valorant. They figured, hey, I'm going, I'm going all in. Two completely different games, by the way, guys. Third-person yeah. builder, very high actions per moment. You know, to, to would it be called an arena shooter? Basically, just a shooter, first-person, um, you know, team-based game mode against another squad, yada, yada. But basically, they transitioned. A lot of pros were able to transition and find success. My point being that Fortnite pros, as, uh, you know, looked down upon as they are from the outside world because Fortnite is dogged as the esports all the time, and for good reason, for being their own version of what they want to be as far as competitive <laughs> goes. Um, yeah, like, people look at the players the same way. Like, hey, you guys are untalented. But then they go over to these other titles and they crush it or find major instances of success. There's not been any other pro from another title that's you know gone backwards. Like, hey, I'm going to go from this game. Let me go be a Fortnite pro or something like that. Um, yeah. None of them can play Fortnite very well. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, you don't see like the CS pro switching over to Fortnite and then them excelling. The, the one example I will give, right, is Shroud. Anytime he seems to pick up Fortnite, even though he can't build, and probably perform at a high level his aim is insane it's impeccable but other than that even he would struggle like when he switched from another game back to fortnite etc so you really don't see it like you said monster it, it it's a very very different world and it does take a lot of like practice warm-ups and training to get to that point where you can be successful in fortnite yeah, I feel it. And guys, that being our last topic, I just want to if you got if it was unclear up until this point, listen. I think Fortnite definitely takes aim. Does it take more aim or something than some of these other titles? I would say they're too different to compare, but at the end of the day, um listen, having exceptional aim in a game like Fortnite literally throws you amongst the elites in the game, right? You couple that with a little bit of game sense, some mechanical speed and all of a sudden you're deadly. At the end of the day, you have to hit your shots. And for anyone that looks at these Fortnite pros and think otherwise, they're crazy, man. They're crazy, right? And uh, that's that's just my take on it. But either way, what a catch-up episode this has been, man. This It's the holiday yeah. season. Holiday season, Panda. Yeah, you're not wrong, man. And honestly, it's been a good holiday season. But look, I, I, I don't know about you, Monster. 2021 is around the corner, man. We're going to be pumping out some crazy podcasts in 2021. I feel it, man. It's going to be a crazy year for us. Absolutely. The grind doesn't stop. Uh, for those of y'all at home, you know, catch up with me on social media. I'm constantly tweeting out what's coming next, whether it be with the podcast, whether it be with some of the new stuff we're pumping out on the production front and obviously keeping up to date with all this Fortnite news. Pan, I'm going to give you the floor really quickly to shout yourself out. Let the people know where they can find you at home and what's expect from you, man. I know you're kind of taking a little step back, right? It's it's holiday season, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, I, I'm I'm not on Twitch right now. I will be back next week, next Monday, the 28th. Uh, but right now, 
I'm taking a little bit of break, but uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash life with Panda or on Twitter, life w panda. That's where I'm at. Always looking for any kind of feedback, looking at updates and always wanting to know what's going on in the community. So hit me up when you can. Absolutely. And as always, guys, send all your complaints directly to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. You can find us at Fortnite podcast on Twitter. Or if you want to just tune in with your boy right here at Monster Deface across all social medias. I don't care. Yeah, I even have a website, right? MonsterDeface.com. <laughs> you just, just whatever you need, you can find your boy. Always up to something new. That's the goal. Keep working on dope projects. And that's what we plan to do coming into 2021. Spec streams all week this week. With that, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. <laughs>